Welcome to Motivational Monday, Bucks County. It is me. I am back. And let me tell you, it's been a crazy just two weeks of April. I mean, it has just been nuts. And this is one of the reasons I love doing my show because so many people bring so much to just so much into each show. Every interview I do, every person helps so many people out there. And that's why today's guest, we've got Juliet Hahn, who has this amazing podcast. She's so much fun to listen to. And unfortunately, last time we were scheduled to do a podcast and we had an issue. So my equipment crashed. Yes, I actually had a tech glitch and I tried so hard to get it done, make it happen, and it didn't. So perfect thing with Juliet Hahn is next stop crazy town. That is what she has and she is going to give us an insight to her life, what it's like on a daily basis, a weekly basis. She is the perfect person to bring in here on a Monday because it is crazy as we get through all this crisis from 2020 into 2021. And I cannot wait to have her on. She is an amazing motivational person, has gone through so much and continues to do on a daily basis. She's fun to be with, fun to listen to, love her social media, and I know you will too. So without further ado, we are about to bring Juliet in and cannot wait to meet her. So everyone in Bucks County, stand by. Okay, everyone, let's get ready to call Juliet Hahn, who is your podcast host, your next stop with Juliet Hahn. And more than just that, she's a mom. She is a an adventurer. She's a go-getter. She doesn't give up. She doesn't quit. And she's about to be on the podcast of Bucks County Bites. So let's give her a call. She knows we're going to call at 12 o'clock. So we're going to try a couple minutes early just to see if we can catch her. I know, I know it's possible. We will get her and we're going to have a great time talking to Juliet and see what she's all about. What makes her tick? What makes her perform so well in life? Because we know it is tough out there. Hey, Martha, how are you? Hey, Juliet, how are you? I am doing fantastic. I hope uh, this Monday is, is doing well for you. It is. It's a, You're two minutes early, but I'm good. I am just uh, had to get the dogs out, but they're still kind of milling around, so I might have to get them out of my room no um, so there's no distractions. No problem. You do what you have to do because this is part of life. Things happen. I'm a little bit early. You're a little crazy over there. You know, life is just <laughs> handing in all kinds of stuff in the last two yes. weeks because yes. as I'm going to explain to the audience, we were supposed to have a podcast and my guy, we had a technical meltdown. I It's my first time in what, six months of doing a podcast. So I'm like, it's not working. Oh my God, it's not. This is just not happening at this moment because you know this was like a super exciting show because I've got Juliet Holland on from this wonderful podcast, Your Next Stop. And I just, I, I melted. And I tried. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Right. We, we almost got it to work. We, we almost, almost got it to did. work. Almost did. But anyways, I am so happy that you're here 
at Bucks County Bites on this podcast and to bring you in and let's talk all about you, introduce yourself, tell us, you know, tell the world who you are and what you're all about and where it all started. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Martha, for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to tell tell my story to your listeners. So I grew up as uh, one of five, I should say, right? Yep, one of five. Um, I grew up in a town right outside of Philadelphia called Morristown, not to be mistaken with Morris Town that's near New York. This is Morristown, double O. And um, had a great, great childhood, really supportive family. My mom came from a big family, very close, close with the uh, grandparents. My dad, smaller family, but his parents were, you know, in our lives as well. Um, so, you know, family is a very important to us. And um, it all started there. It all started there. We have, uh, I have an older sister, Elizabeth, and then my parents adopted uh, my other sister, Jenna, who is uh, two, three years older than me. And Elizabeth's five years older than me. Mm-hmm. And, um, or no, that's, I'm taking that back. Elizabeth is, well, I'm 47, whatever. I'm terrible at math. <laughs> I'm 47. <laughs> Elizabeth is 51 and Jenna just turned 50. So oh, you guys okay. can do the math. So you're you the, guys you're can the do kid. That. You're the young, you're the young, young, young one. No, right? Right. no. Well, and, and I'm, then I have a younger sister oh, you and do. a younger brother. Yeah. Okay. So I was middle. So when I was a newborn, my parents adopted my sister, Jenna from Korea. She came when she was three. Oh, wow. And, yeah, so I don't know any different. So we have, um, you know, so that is how, how I grew up. My parents did get divorced when I was 12, which was definitely sad. It definitely rocked my, like, you know, all yeah, my friends' world does. because they were mm-hmm. like, you know, how can, if the Williamses are getting divorced, how is that even possible? They're the best family. Mm-hmm. You know, it turns out my parents just didn't, you know, they communication. They had a lot of kids. They got married, you know, very young and um, they kind of grew, grew apart, apart and yeah. and uh, there was a lot of us. There was a lot of us, you know, and so it was um, one of those things. We have a great relationship with both parents. They oh, that's both, wonderful. Uh, Good to hear. Yep. Yeah. They, they were um, never nasty to each other. They always, you know, we never heard an, a bad thing about anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, they made it as easy as possible for they us. They just separated um, because of differences. And that's usually what most of the time it is. Yeah. I think if they probably um, were older, mm-hmm. they probably would have um, realized, okay, we could get back to where we were when we first fell in love. Um, but I think when you have young kids and there's five of them oh my close gosh, in yes, age yes. Um, and like finances and all that stuff just sure. gets, gets in the way, I think it, you know, they just kind of lost that touch. So that is where I started. But I um, grew up, as I said, a very happy, very close-knit family, lots of friends in the neighborhood, always outside. I'm very active kid, played a lot of sports. My parents said, you know, I basically came out running. Um, <laughs> the second I, I started talking, I never stopped talking. Um, <laughs> That's great. I love so, it. <laughs> Yeah, so podcasting was definitely in my future. And um, I went to school. I played two sports. School was hard for me. I think I, I when we first recorded, I started talking about I am uh, dyslexic and um, and probably wasn't diagnosed back in the day and don't no, have an official no. diagnosis. Right. I don't have an official diagnosis. But my son does. Mm-hmm. My dad, my sister. Um, I was on the kind of the cusp where it was before where oh, it just yeah, looks like, I understand you know, that. I, yeah. Cause yeah. I, I'm um, actually but, there too. So I completely understand where you're at. Yes. Yeah. So if I was at, you know, if it was like now I probably mm-hmm. would, you know, reading was always really hard. School was always really hard for me. Um, also attention deficit, but I wasn't diagnosed with that until college. 
but my mom was in education. She always knew she was really good being able to support and like, you know, help. So it, I never looked at any of those things as, um, like when people call, you know, disabilities, they were always my superpower because I just did things different. I learned things different and, um, and I, and I went from there. So it wasn't ever, it never became an issue with my self-esteem and stuff because I was really good in sports. My parents always celebrated the things I was good at and we all had our strengths and weaknesses, you know, especially coming from five. It was like, okay, well, you're really great at this and you're really great at this. Mm -hmm. Maybe you struggle on this, but guess what? You have this and X, Y, and Z. So I was, you know, never lacked the confidence and, um, and always was the type of person that just kept trying. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone said, no, you can't do that, I was also the type of person that was like, uh, yeah, I can. <laughs> yes, you can. Um, I love it. That's, yeah, that's me. You're like, it's almost like you're describing who I am. Like, I'm listening to, like, myself talk. That's what so you're, funny. Like, it's so funny because that's the person I am. Like, don't tell me I can't because that's just going to make me do it. I will do yeah. it. Yeah. If it's I, yeah, if it's something that I want, yeah. Yeah, if, if it's something I want, oh, awesome. I'm going to do it. And I'll find it. a way. So, um, so that's kind of so I went to college I played two sports I played field hockey and lacrosse for a while that was my identity because that is what I was good at so I was struggled in school but I was a really good athlete you know and um, I was a really good friend and so I loved the team aspect of everything and then um, that's when I was uh, diagnosed with attention deficit because I said to my mom holy crap I cannot keep doing this I am in, in class and I all I do is count how many red shirts are, how many oh guys are in the class. Um, I can hear the clock ticking. I cannot focus wow. on the professor. And um, I think I'm going to fail out. Like, this is not working. And I didn't have her support anymore. She really, like, was there to support me during other school. So I didn't fail. I wasn't a great student. But I, you know, I, I was a, like a BC. You know, yes, I failed some classes. Sometimes I got a D in there. But I was more of an average C student. So when I went to college and I didn't have that support system, even though I was on academic I mean I was on uh, uh, athletic scholarship but academic um, so I had the support from the college because they knew that I struggled so it was like okay you had to come into these certain classes I was only I only took uh, I think it was 12 credits so it was like four classes instead of other Mm -hmm. people that could take you know more it was like that those are my roles so I was in college for five years but my second year I decided um, you know what I realized so I went I, I basically became a really good student. I went on attention deficit meds. My parents never did when I was younger. And um, it's something that I don't do anymore, but I needed it at that time. I actually used homeopathy. Okay. Um, but at at the time, it was something that was needed. And so we were like, you know, let's just see what happens. And I basically got on the honor roll and the dean's list. Wow. And That's incredible. School, yep. I changed my major. Originally, I was going in for um, because again, it was like, okay, what can I do with my athleticism? Because I know that's what I'm good at. And um, and when I quickly started taking like anatomy and physiology, I was like, oh my God, this is awful. I hate this <laughs> and I'm going to fail this. And that's kind of when I, you know, came to my mom and I was like, right. you know, school's not for me. I want to do something else. Um, I think I even said to her, I wanted to be a stewardess because I love to travel. And she said, are you, are you a good waitress? And I said, no, I suck at that. She's like, well, you're just doing that in the sky. And I was like, Ooh, oh, I don't think I'd be good. I don't think I'd be good at that. But I love people. I love mm-hmm. uh, relationships. I love learning. I love small talk. I love learning just little bits about piece mm-hmm. of, you know, people. That's like my favorite, favorite thing. I always like have, you know, all the shops in town. I always know all the shopkeepers. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, that'd be great on an airplane. Um, but she quickly, you know, did that. So I did realize after I um, was diagnosed that I changed my major and I became a radio, television, film communications major. Oh, love and, 
that is when I found my my calling. That's when I was like, I love, but it's funny because I went into, I took one advertising class and sales mm-hmm. and I was like, this is what I want to do. And majority of the people that majored in that were in the creative aspect. So they were like the, you know, they wanted to go on the radio. They wanted to make films. They wanted to be the, an actor or a producer or a writer. And um, I never saw myself as a creative person because somewhere down the line, I had a teacher tell me that I sucked at art and just to keep to my athletics, you know? So I just never thought of myself as a creative person. Um, And so when I went into the communications, I'm very good communicating. I communicator. I knew that that was going to be something that was going to stick out and stand out. Um, so I knew I was great at that writing. Yep. Struggle. I know, you know, my spelling and all that, but I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I can figure this out because I, you know, I know how to do this and I'm a great communicator and Mm -hmm. I can tell a story like storytelling and all that stuff. I love. So I went into the relationship part of advertising. I went into the sales part. And that's where I, after I graduated five years, I moved to New York City. I got a job before I even graduated because I knew that's where I wanted to be. Oh, that's great. And, yep. So, and again, I went, you know, one extra year. So my friends that, you know, had gone and they had already graduated. I had two good friends that were in New York City and they were like, you have to come. And I would visit them and I'm like, this is my, <laughs> this is my place. The oh New my York God, City, 24-7, nonstop city. Yes. Yes. Yep, that was me. I'm always yeah. going. I was like, this is where I want to be. Right. So I got I got a job at a small um, agency and that I was there for six months. And then I got poached by a sales company um, to be an assistant. And I was there for a couple of years. And there is when I met. So I moved there in 98 to New York City. And then I met my future husband in 99. I had a lot of fun. Wow. And, in the city. Um, I met him in advertising and um, we on a business trip in Disney, which is actually, (laughs) and I won't go into the details because it was not, it was not a Disney um, encounter. I'll just, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. But it was um, very quickly. I was like, this is, and I I never was like a, you know, I I kind of sewed my oats. I had a lot of fun in college and Mm -hmm. in my early years in the city. But I was like, this guy, this is different. This is this is different. You felt um, it. You knew. Oh, I knew. I knew right away. And um, so we, we got back from Florida and we had our first date in New York City. And we dated for many years. We got married in 2003. So we met in 99 and got oh, married in 2003. Yeah, you dated for a long time then. Yeah. Yeah. And I was never, the. I was always about, because of what my parents went through, I was mm-hmm. a big opponent in knowing and that's why I had a lot of fun in college and then before, because I was like, I'm going to know, uh, I'm going to go through a lot of experiences so I know, okay, yeah. this is what I want and this is what I don't want. And I'm going to make sure when I, that person I fall in love with, you know, that, that um, hopefully it kind of, you know, goes into that. So I was never the, the woman that was like, I have to get married. I have to get married. I had a lot of my college friends that got married right out of um out of college and I was like oh my gosh I can't even imagine that like I can't wait to have kids right. but I am but you want to go out and live a little bit you want to go I want to live yeah yes yes and so 
when I met my um, future husband, Dan, um, I definitely was like, okay, this is, this is interesting, but I never was the person that was like, we have to get married. I need a ring on my finger at this point. I never did that. Um, never put pressure on him at all because it, that's not who I am. I'm not that type of person. So we dated for a long time. And then when we got engaged, it was, I guess we got, we had like a year and a half and a half engagement. We got married in Philadelphia and then, well, we got married at the church in my hometown. Then we got married in Philadelphia. Okay. That's and, fantastic. I love this story. Yeah. Yeah, we took a tr- uh, trolley over, and um, I had a small wedding party because I have such so many sisters um, mm-hmm. and friends. I was like, I do not want like thirteen people in my wedding, and that's probably what it was going to be. So I picked like a very small. Um, I had uh, one of my sisters. I actually didn't even have both of my sisters. Uh, it's my younger sister, who, uh, and I'm close with all my my family. Mm-hmm. But she and I, at the time, we were like the closest in age. Um, I was like, she'll be my my maid, and she was already married. She'll be my matron of honor, and um, and then I had two friends and my husband's sister. So I was like, you it know what, I'm just leaving. Small. Yeah. I had it really small and it was hard. And I, you know, there was definitely some friends that were like, I can't believe you're not. And I'm like, do you, do you really want to be in a wedding party? Like, eh. I mean, we're all like, I was in my late twenties, early thirties. That's when everyone's getting married a lot of, you know, so mm-hmm. I um, was like, I mean, it's kind of, you guys can just come for everything and enjoy everything and not have any responsibilities. And they were like, you know what? I actually like that. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I thank you for not having me in the wedding party. Um, and so, and my husband also, he's the only boy in his family. He's, he only has a sister 10 years younger. So I also knew that he wasn't going to have, and I didn't want to have, to have him have to pick people, you know, and I only have one brother. So I didn't want to have to pick people that he didn't really want in the wedding party to match. So I was like, this just makes sense. So we, we it was an awesome wedding. So, I mean, we had so much fun. I still have people that say it was the most fun wedding because we did not do things traditional, even though it was at a traditional place. But we were like, you know, we want everyone just to have fun and we don't want it to be like where, and this is my wedding. I don't want to have to go into each table and and do this. I want to like, so we gave a speech and thanked everyone for coming. And then we just really enjoyed ourselves. Um, And then after that, we had, we were married for our our first child, Montgomery, came in, um, he was born in, so we got married in 2003 and he's 2005. So we started a family Soon Pretty after. soon. Yeah. Yep. But we knew because we dated for so long. We got, you know, we got our first dog, Lucy, <laughs> four months after we got married. Oh. Um, yeah. We knew that we were going to settle down and this was it. Right. So, right. Um, and so we lived in the city. I had all three of my kids. So then Truman came two years later and then Penelope came another two years later. Oh, wow. So every two years, basically you had, you had three kids then every two. Okay. Yep. And we, and we, it, it was, I was very fortunate, um, getting pregnant was not an issue. I actually got, I was like, okay, I know because I know my body really well. I was like, I'm ovulating, it's time. So it wasn't anything that (laughs) took us long. Very fortunate. However, I did have uh, difficulty delivering. So my oldest was nine days late. He actually was an emergency cesarean because- Oh my gosh. And I gained 65 pounds with him. um, 10 pounds that last nine days, which was was tough. Um, Wow. So I gained a lot of weight. I was a giant person. And, um, and yeah, then, you're not a very big person to begin with. And then you, for you to anymore. put 65 pounds on at that time, <laughs> that had yeah. to be hard. But, well, I was like, I, but I also, when I moved to New York City, I like had 
been a college athlete. I was an athlete my whole mm-hmm. life. I was like, right. I am not working out anymore. I am living life. I'm not going to be strict with stuff. So I had fun, but I have really good genes. I will say that. So when I got pregnant, I was like, I can eat whatever I want and I'm going to eat. And, and I ate, did. and I was, and I was a pretty healthy person prior. Right. So I, I ate crap. I mean, I, ate oh, no. every, Every corner, I because we lived in the city, so I, I ate oh, pizza so much every food. day, yes, everywhere. Yeah, every day I would walk the dogs and eat pizza and get um, a big sleeve of uh, from this is for my first a big sleeve of the um, Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh my gosh! So this and is then oh eat popsicles. Oh wow! Oh yeah, and I, I mean, I I would have vegetables because as I said, I was healthy, so I would eat a lot of vegetables too. But I would eat like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I put on, and my it's funny, my younger sister and I got pregnant at the same time, not on purpose, but she was married in two thousand and one, so we were married a couple years apart. She was younger, so it was just time for them to have kids, and she gained like twenty pounds, oh, and I my gained sixty five. That's and a huge difference. Wow. Oh my god! So when we would get together for like, we were able to. They she lived in the hometown that I grew up in for a little bit. Now she's in Charlotte, North Carolina, but we would have the bridal shower. I mean, like the, I mean the baby showers and we did a couple things together and people were like, Oh my gosh. And then, Oh Meg, you look, (laughs) wait, you guys are the same. Oh, Juliet, you're having twins. No, I'm not having twins. I'm just that. Um, And they would always say, Oh, you're having a girl because your butt's so big. But I was like, no, I've just gained a lot of weight. That's what they Um, said to you. Wow. Oh, yeah. But I was, as I said, I'm very comfortable with myself. I was comfortable. I can stretch. My sister has so many stretch marks from gaining that 20, 25 pounds. Yeah. I gained 65 pounds and I have not one stretch mark. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy, <laughs> Juliet. Crazy. Not, not one. Not one not stretch one. mark. And she gains the 20 pounds and she gets it. She's very petite. So I am not petite. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm, I'm thin, but I am not petite and not small. So I have more of an athletic, stronger body mm-hmm. than I guess was made to stretch. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so that was always the joke. I always would say to her, like any weight you gain, it looks like, like your skin's going to crack. Like she just, wow, she doesn't, she doesn't why. hold. Yeah. Yeah. She, she doesn't hold weight. So she never gained, like she never really gained weight. <laughs> so, yep. So then, um, so Montgomery was a cesarean, emergency cesarean. And um, that wasn't in the plan. I definitely was not thrilled about that, um, but it was what it was. I had a really bad recovery, mm-hmm. and which was surprising because I was like, okay, I'm in really great shape. Yeah, you and, think that the recovery would be quick because of yep, that. Yep, right. but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't working out every day, so I was in good shape. But, you know, was I, re- I was in good shape at one point in my life, like at most of my life. I wasn't not in good shape, but I wasn't working out every day and like, you know, doing that. I was just living life. So, but I was not in bad shape mm-hmm. by any means. Um, and so I, that was really, really tough. That was a, a really tough also just being like, I can't believe my body kind of let me down. And as a mom and a woman, um, for the first time that was tough. And it was probably the first time I ever had like an insecure moment. Mm-hmm. And I never really did even like struggling in school, Yes, I'm sure I had like some fleeting ones, but I remember this very much like, oh, this does not feel good. I now I'm like very big. My everything hurts. I can't oh. get up and get my child. I couldn't pick him up. Oh my I gosh! Retained, retained all of this water. Um, my you incision were... opened up. Oh yeah, my I got gosh! Really oh, you really had a lot of problems. 
Yeah. Um, and it was surprising. And we actually went out to... So my husband and I, when we first got married, we bought our first place. We bought a first. So we bought a beach house out in Long Island at the out at the beach. And so we would come every weekend. Um, and so we rented in the city, but then we did buy in the city. Mm-hmm. But that was in Brooklyn after we left Manhattan. We moved to Brooklyn when we had our second and third. So we came out because Montgomery was born in July. My mom came and we came out to the beach. And... Um, I just re- like, you know, it was just easier to have my mom here because our apartment didn't, it wasn't a big apartment. Um, and I just remember like feeling really helpless and my mom doing everything. And my mom and I being, my mom and I have always been very, very close, but me also being like annoyed. I was like, well, just let me do it. Like you already had your kids. I want to do this. Um, so he bonded with my mom and with me and him in the beginning, it was a struggle. And a lot of women don't talk about that. It wasn't that he just was uncomfortable. He wanted to be held a certain way. I couldn't do it because of the way I, because of my incision. Yeah. Um, and then um, I, I, you know, it was, it was tough. And then it all worked out and it was, it was great. But I knew I was not going to have another cesarean. I was like, nope. And I knew we were going to get pregnant. You know, I was like, okay. So my second, um, we got pregnant again, right when I was like, okay, it's time Time, time to, to have be another baby. Scary. That'd be scary, though, because you knew that you didn't want to have another C-section, but you're having a second one, and that, that I'm sure it crossed your mind. It's, is that going to happen again? Right. So yeah. I talked to my doctor, and so the, my doctor said, listen, because it wasn't your body, so Montgomery's heart basically um, wouldn't, it, it just kept decreasing and decreasing because I was so late, and um, and I was, not, with, not because of the weight I had on, but because he was huge and he actually was stuck so he like kind of went around a curve so when i also when they had to open up they had to like open up further because they had to take him out it was just it was a weird spot so his heart kept decreasing so they're like we're gonna do this but this is also the time where you would hear doctors oh they had something to do so they would give you a cesarean so i was also very much so i was like listen if i don't need a cesarean you're not giving me a cesarean i'm a person that always asks a lot of questions just because you're in the medical field and you're a doctor doesn't mean I trust you. <laughs> that is something that I'm like, well, hold on. I need to know. I need to know the research. I need to know behind it. Don't just tell me. And I, even if I trust you, I still want to know the why, right? right? I want right. to know why I have to do that. That's just the way my brain works. I've taught my kids the same way. You always want to ask questions because not everyone knows, even though sometimes, you know, and sometimes they know, but it might not be right for you. Right. So you also need to know what's right for you. So when I, that was just, that was, it was tough. So, but, so I talked to my doctor. I was like, listen, I'm putting this in your head right now. I am having a, I'm not having a cesarean. She's like, okay. She's like, it wasn't you. So I think you probably are going to be okay. Blah, blah, blah. So long story short, I did not gain as much with my second. Cause I was like, oh, that was terrible. Right. I did. I did gain fifty five, um, but I didn't gain sixty five. Okay. And and then I was eight days late, and I was scheduled for cesarean the next day. And I was like, nope. But I did get a doula. I lived in, in Park Slope at the time. We moved from Manhattan. We we bought in Park Slope, so we had wonderful wonderful setup. And in Park Slope, anyone that knows Brooklyn, it can be very granola and crunchy, which is wonderful. So they do a lot of alternative stuff. And in the city, you can kind of get anywhere. So I talk to people. I you know I don't want to have another cesarean. They're like, you have to get a doula. I have to get a doula. And a doula is someone there that kind of just supports mm-hmm. that natural stuff. So I went to acupuncture. I did all these things. Chiropractor. I did all these things to try to very start holistic. getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Very holistic to start getting him out. And I also 
I, I you know, I'm going to backtrack to when I did after college stop taking my meds for attention deficit because I was like, okay, that served what I needed to do and I didn't want to stay on it long haul because I am very holistic. So by the time I was having kids, you know, this was this was all, you know, not behind. So I am, I do have that holistic mindset. Mm-hmm. So I was okay doing that. And I actually was fascinated. I was like, okay, let's do this. So I was scheduled the next day. And so what I basically did is I say I castor oiled him out. <laughs> castor oiled him out? <laughs> Yes, I took, which I don't, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I'm I'm pregnant, do not just do this because it can be very dangerous. But I did take a little bit of castor oil, a little bit more than your recommended dose. And what that does, and and not to be gross, but it basically gets your bowels in spasm, which then starts contractions. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I remember I took some, my, my older sister was there. That's one thing that's wonderful. It's like when my first was born, um, my mom came and my second, it was uh, during my mom was still in school. So my older sister came to help because we had Montgomery who was not even two yet. Um, have him, you know, be able to watch him. And my husband and her were, uh, were watching a show and I said, oh, you know what? I think it's starting to kick in. I got to go into the bathroom. Uh-huh. And again, remember I was the next day supposed to go in for the cesarean and um I basically started having explosive diarrhea and throwing up at the same time, which, the, and I couldn't, like, I was on the toilet. So oh. <laughs> but I was oh back God. there and it, finally, and I'm yelling to my husband, my oh sister, my like, okay, it's, it's happening. And now my contractions came on so fast. Oh my God. And I dilated so fast because I, you know, kind of induced this. That's why I say oh you should really gosh. under the, yeah, under the, under the doctor care, which my doctor was not, was not thrilled that I was doing this. So I will also say that, um, but I knew what I was doing. And, um, so they came in and my husband was like, ew, ew. And my sister was like, oh my God. Cause I had thrown up kind of cause the throw up was like, I, it oh. came, I, I had no control over it. So I didn't get it into, and I was on the toilet. So I didn't get it oh into my the, gosh, what a story. I think I got it. Oh yeah, gosh. I got it. I got it into the tub. <gasps> and, um, and then we obviously had to go run to the doctor. Cause I was like, okay, these contract, like, oh my God, this is contractions with my first. When I was having contractions, they're like, you're having a contraction. And I'm like, I don't feel it. What are you talking about? Oh, Everyone this said this is, is miserable. The opposite of what the first one was. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I didn't feel any of the labor with my first one, even though I was in labor. It was very weird. And I didn't get an epidural until mm-hmm. later because it was like, okay, you can't do it yet because he's having complications, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I rushed, you know, I ru- we rushed to Manhattan to go. And the doctor's like, you know, I think I was like five or six centimeters already. She's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I was like, ha-ha. And I, the thing is, when my husband walked in, I... I was like, it's happening. It's happening. Yes. He's like, you're crazy. He's like, this is disgusting. He's like, you're happy. And I was like, I'm so happy. I'm not going to get a cesarean. So, um, they came in and my doctor came in. She's like, okay, I can't believe, you know, you're here. And this is, you know, all right, you're not getting a cesarean. But then labor stopped. And and I was like, no, I was like, no, I was like, I am not getting it. I was like, we can continue. So that was a very long and I, it was a rough delivery. I won't go into the details. However, it wasn't a cesarean, even though I had to stay overnight and I almost more, more than I normally would. Hours. I had to get a, blood transfusion because I did lose a lot of blood. Oh, I was smokes. really happy because it wasn't a cesarean. Yeah, wasn't so all a the nurses right. and all the nurses were like, you're insane. And wow. I was like, yes, 
we already know that, but this is, I had such a terrible experience yeah, yeah. that this was fine. This was so, better yeah, than so, a C-section. Yeah. Yep. yep. And that was great because I was able to do everything with him. And, it, you know, and then I had two kids. Um, Montgomery turned one the month after um, Truman, you know, was born. So, you know, very close in age. And then my daughter came two years later that sept- September. So and two I will- boys and a girl and they're all about two years apart. Okay. Wow. Yep. And we didn't know any of the, the sexes. So we, I am like a person like surprises. Oh, you did and- surprise on each one. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Cause I love that. Well, I have to say my second, and this it's, a, I don't want to keep it so long, but my second, we did find out cause my husband and I don't like to find out. And he was like, all right, he, uh, you know, I kind of feel like I didn't bond with Montgomery, you know, after like when he was inside of you, Maybe if we know, well, he first said, I want to find out. And I said, well, you have to give me a reason because I don't want to find out. Mm-hmm. And it has to, be, has to be a good reason. So literally like five months into the pregnancy, six months into the pregnancy, he's like, okay, I think I, I have my answer. And I was like, oh, he's like, I feel like I didn't bond. And I feel like maybe I would bond with the baby if I knew it was a boy or a girl. And I was like, all right, I will give you this the one time, but yeah. never again. So we did find out like six or seven months in. Okay. So, um, with with the second, yeah. Well, because he he didn't have a reason. He's like, I don't know. And I was like, and he's very thoughtful. So I was like, you need to come up with a really good reason. So then we and 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 when the third, you know, when we got pregnant with the third, I was like, well, did that help? He's like, no, it didn't help. And I was like, okay, you're not going to bond with the baby inside. But some people do. But he didn't. Mm -hmm. You know. So that's another thing. A lot of people don't talk about as like fathers. You know, he's like, you're going through all of this. I don't understand it all. I just see your body changing, you growing. Um, you know, I know that there's our child in there, but I don't feel connected to that child at all, be, even though you do, because you're so connected. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting, interesting time interesting. As, sure. as parents that people don't really discuss. Um, so then we have my daughter and I actually, it was funny because when they came out and they're like, it's a girl. I was like, no, let me see. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my gosh, there is a vagina. Um <laughs> So that was, uh, that was very interesting and very, because I was prepared to be a boy mom and that was, you know, a wonderful surprise. Right. So, yep. So then we moved out of the city um, and we moved to Connecticut. And so we stayed, we kept our beach house and we did Connecticut. And so we come to the beach house on the weekends, but we are, and I won't go through all of that, but my kids are wonderful. Montgomery, Truman and Penelope are their names. We have boxers. Um, I'm a huge dog person. Uh, and so we just, we have a lot of fun in this family. It is a, uh, a lot of energy, a lot of love. Oh, I can feel um, it. I feel your energy yeah. just from your conversation. Yes. Oh, thanks. And I, I, I stayed home. So I will say that I, I did have a career and I did choose to stay home. And I was fortunate enough that I was able to. And um, when after Montgomery was born, I remember I was sitting on the deck and uh, I was talking to a nanny about coming and, you know, being watching him during the day so I can go back. And my sister, as I said, my younger sister had a baby at the same time and she was doing the same she was going back. She was in corporate real estate. I worked for an alternate advertising company, but I traveled a lot and I worked crazy hours and in my head. And I always babysat. So I was like the kid that at 11 babysat. I loved kids. Love them. Love them. Love them. Very comfortable. It's very great. Um, so that was the other thing was weird that when my first was born, I had like that weird, like that weird, like, you know, week that I was like, oh my God, I don't feel connected. This is so strange. This is my child. I've always babysat. I'm such a loving, wonderful babysitter. And I'm so uncomfortable right now with, you know, how my body is and this and that. So that was very interesting for me as, you know, having, being very comfortable with kids. Um, so I, my sister said to me, 
because I said to her, I don't know what I want to do. My husband would have supported me either way. He's a very supportive guy. And he was like, I will do whatever you want. If you want to go back, I'll support you. If you want, and we'll figure it out together. If you want to stay home, I'll support you and we'll figure it out together. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very fortunate. And so my sister said to me, what will make you the best mom and wife? And I said, staying home, hands down. And she went, well, I think you have your answer. She was able to go back to work one day a week where I'm sure I could have figured something out with my company because it was a great company. Um, it was a small company. It was a British company. I had so much fun with them in my, you know, my years of being in the city uh, before kids and before marriage and then during marriage. Um, and I know they would have figured something out for me, but my personality is an all or nothing person. So when I am in something, I give it my all. And if I have too many things, I don't do any of them to the ability that I want. And um, I knew that my husband probably would have really suffered (laughs) if I went back to work because I would have given everything to the kids and my dogs and my job because that's, you know, I was getting paid for that. And my husband would have gotten the short end of the stick. Um, And I knew that. And that was really good that I knew that about myself because I was able to say, you know what, I'm going to stay home. And so I did, and I, I did. My mom was like, please just see if you can get the big, you know, I, my husband had a, has a, a, a very good career. And so we were very fortunate that I was had these choices and I was able to make these choices. Um, so he, my mom was like, please just get a babysitter once, that, that nanny that you're not doing. Mm-hmm. Just have her come once a week, just so you can go and take the dog for yes. a walk by yourself. Just so, right. it's so important. My mom was such an advocate of that. She's like, you know, there's so many parents that don't have that and it really hurts their marriage. My mom, you know, she's she's looking back, looking back at her marriage. Um, and, and then also people that she was a teacher for, and she also worked at a parenting center for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom's an amazing, amazing woman. And so she said, she's and my dad also, he's like, it is really important. Like, you know, I was lost in the amount of kids and it wasn't your mom's fault. It wasn't the kid's fault. But I was so young that I, you know, and so it was good that I, we're, we have a very, we're very open community, uh, like, you know, we are a very open house and my parents, my, my siblings, and then my husband and I as well. So I knew that this was the right choice for me. So, and I was like, okay, I will get the babysitter and I will do like an hour or something um, by myself, you know, mm-hmm. go get a pedicure or whatever, even though I felt like we are doing it. Cause I was like, okay, I'm staying home now, but you needed that I, time. I'll, yeah. You had yes. To- yeah, and I also knew it was important that I still didn't lose myself completely because as parents, as mothers, um, you know, someone that was in the workforce that that and you know, but I had already like I had I had re um, kind of remorphed myself when I stopped playing sports in college when I decided that I after starting to do well in school and I don't know if I got into that but there was I decided two years in that my athletic career was, was, um, I was hanging it up and I was going to focus on my, my major now. And I, you know, went on the radio, I made films, I did all these things that I never thought that I was good at. Cause I never thought of myself as a creative person mm-hmm. and it was really important for me. So I felt like I reinvented myself a little bit there in college. And I was, you know, I really believe the universe kind of puts you in spots that, um, Absolutely. that are, that are meant for you. Mm-hmm. So I did learn, you know what? I actually am a little bit creative. I love this, but I still loved the sales part, right? So that's where I went into, um, you know, that major. But I think that helped me 
when I went into motherhood because it was like, okay, now I'm not a career woman anymore. Now I'm staying home and I, and I don't use the words housewife because I'm a terrible cook and I'm a terrible cleaner. So, <laughs> so I would kind of say I, I, I'm a stay at home parent. I'm really, I'm a great mother and I, and I know that. And, and that's I where it, enjoy and it Don't do the other part. No, I mean, I had to, but I sucked at it. I mean, <laughs> I was not good at it, but it was, I also owned it. Right? right. And I think growing up and also struggling in school, like I wasn't a woman that was like, I have to do it all. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, no, I'm going to do the things that I'm good at and the things I'm not good at. Right. I, I, I'm actually fortunate enough that I can outsource them. Thank goodness. Yes. Or yes. the times, I mean, my husband would come home and he'd be like, oh, this chicken's really dry. How long did you cook it? And I was oh. like, yeah, sorry. Oh my so, gosh. Kid, Kids were in the bath and, um, and you know, and he'd be like, oh, okay, I think I'm going to order out. No offense. I'd be like, no offense taken. Um, I don't enjoy cooking at all. And I, you know, the kids would eat very healthy, but it would be so bland and so just like, you know, just pasta with like vegetables in it or, it you know. Just and it was very bland. There was nothing to it, right? right. Olive oil. Uh, I, don't even okay. think I, used, I don't even think I used salt back then for them because right. I'd be like, salt's too much salt's uh-huh. not good. Very health conscious. Very health conscious. Um, so I, you know, I breastfed them all, you know, for long periods of times. I enjoyed that. And not a lot, not a lot of people do that. My second, I got mastitis, which is a breast infection of the duck. I got it seven times and I still continued because, yeah, I actually had to wean him. And it's kind of a funny story because I had one boob that was giant. It was like an udder and the other one was small because he couldn't nurse off of it anymore because the amount of infection. Yeah. So... Um, I, and I always do things, um, I always make sometimes things a little harder. Like, so I'm the type of person that go from A to F, back to B to Mm -hmm. Z, back to C, but that's like a director changer's brain. Mm -hmm. And I've learned as I've, you know, parents and as I've created podcasts and businesses, um, it's good that my brain works that way, but it's always nice to have someone say, okay, let's, let's go back to C here for a second and let's finish this part and then go to Z. Um, so parenting was fun for me. We had so many adventures. You know, I had a lot of routines at night. We had routines. My kids had a bedtime and I did not break it a lot. They had nap times because my kids needed sleep. And when they slept, they were wonderful. And a lot of people um, that knew me, or they, they were like, I can't believe how disciplined you are with your kids. Because I was, I'm such a free spirit. And I totally, yeah, I'm up for this adventure. And I got very regimented with my kids. Um, but it's important, I think, as parents that that's, you know, so my kids knew their schedule, but there was times where we'd be in the city and I would have a friend, like, let's go, let's take the kids, you know, to the park. And I'd be like, oh no, it, that's dinner time. And they were like, the, it's four o'clock. And I was like, yes, they eat at five and then they're in bed because they were in bed at seven. I had early like sleepers. Um, so it was always like the joke. People would be like, you're like the partier and you're like, kids are in bed <laughs> at like six. And I was like, yeah. And then I party when they go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. Like, you know, like there's a, there, you know, so, but I enjoyed, I really, really enjoy being a mother. I love it. Um, and then we, when we moved to the city, we moved to, to Connecticut and that was wonderful. And I remember there was a point where my kids, it was probably six years ago, where they didn't need me as much. And I have to say, I did try to get a fourth kid out of my husband. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and like, three's enough, right? <laughs> And I, well, I said, I need a, and I, we had two dogs. Well, we had, this is when we still had one dog. And I said to him, okay, I really would like a fourth, but I'm very conscious. I really think my parents' marriage failed because there was too many kids. Not that it was anyone's fault, but there was too many of us. So I'm very, like, if you are really strong in that, 
I will not push you if you say no, but you give me a really good reason. Not just, I don't want four kids. Give me a reason. And he came back to me like probably like a month later with a spreadsheet and how many more years he would have to work oh, wow. at the fourth because we were because we were older. And I was like, fair enough. I don't want to put that financial strain on you. Right, right. I'm home. I'm not, you know, contributing in that way. So that's not fair to me to do it. Mm-hmm. And I said, can we get another dog? Because I really need, I'm like missing. I love taking care of things. Yeah, yes. And um, perfect. And and children and my children didn't, and I'm not like a smotherer, you know, like I don't like, I don't overstep. Mm-hmm. I don't want my kids, kids might be like, yeah, okay, whatever mom is you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I don't like, I, I let them grow and I'm not a helicopter mom. I let them go and do what they need to do and spread their wings. Okay. And I know that That's I've great. raised, you know, like when they were little, they would walk on tall ledges and climb trees all the way to the <laughs> top. And people would be like, oh my God, they're going to fall. And I'm like, I hope not. I, you know, I hope that they, they have confidence in their own ability. And I really believe that that is what kids need. They need to know that they can do things. So you kind of have to let them do things and then, and then, and then fail, right? You also have to let them fail because that's how they, or, or missteps. I don't always love the word fail, but missteps, they have to take a misstep so then they can learn from it because that's where you grow, grow in missteps. Exactly. So I've always given that to my kids. I've always given them that like space to express themselves. And I think a child should be heard. I don't like when people are like, no, they're a child. They don't have an opinion. You know what they do? And I have always been very much like, you guys might not agree with this rule. And I would like to hear why you don't agree with this rule. I probably will keep it, but I want to know why you think it's wrong. Um, I've always kind of done that. So I really enjoyed that, uh, that aspect of parenting. And, um, so when we, we did get the second dog, my husband's like, okay, yeah, no more kids. And I was like, and I respect, you know, the reasons why I don't want you to have to work longer to, to you know, for that fourth one. So we did that. And then um, I got into virtual health and fitness coaching by accident, but it was at a time where I had taken all the weight off from kids, which is funny enough, like, and I didn't do anything. I just, as I said, it, you it know, takes off. a year it takes a year to put them on. It takes a year to put them off. When people say, when you breastfeed, oh, it comes off like crazy. No, I actually kept weight on. I was um, that woman that keeps the weight on when you breastfeed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, and then after you, after I finished breastfeeding is when I lost it. So like, I didn't lose the baby weight until, I mean, my kids all were breastfed well in like 15, 16 months. Okay. So, so, you know, I didn't lose it. And then I would have a second one, you know, so it was like always like building. So I didn't, I, I had weight on for a little, not not the 65, probably is like always like 10 to 20. Um, but then in, I want to say 2015, I could be wrong because I'm also terrible with uh, dates. My One of my closest friends got diagnosed with frontal lobe dementia. And, oh my um, gosh. And at my, at young, my age. Young yep. age? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it rocked my world. And we didn't know what was going on with her. We knew something was going on with her because she was doing very odd things. And um, and so I started emotionally not taking care of myself. So I was eating uh, like quinoa chips at, at night. My son also at this time, my, my oldest that's dyslexic, we were trying to figure out because public school was not cutting it for him anymore. We had given it a go. We were like, what do we need to do? So we were trying to figure out what the best school for him was which was going to be, you know, a financial, a big financial chunk. But but again, we were like, this is really important. We really think we can do this for him. So, and then my friend was also this. So I was not taking my care of myself emotionally and physically. And I put weight on that I had not put weight on except for like when I had kids. 
And I remember looking at my husband and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't go to the beach. My ass is huge. And he was like, so yeah, I need to put some weight on. And I was like, I, I don't even know who I am right now. This is terrible. And so um, I fell into uh, being like working out at home. And I actually then created a business on virtual health and fitness coaching. And I accident. did. Really, it was by accident. Yeah. I, I loved it. And then I was like, I'm really good at helping people. I got into sick shape, literally like four months. It, I was like ripped. I mean, it was wow. like crazy. But again, I have really good genes, muscle memory, my body. You know, I am a, more of a muscular toned person. So it just happened. And that's where I fell in love with coaching. And that kind of um, brings me to where I am today. So I did um, virtual health and fitness coaching for about five years. I still do dabble in it, um, but it is not. It's something that I just do for, you know, myself and, you know, for, for some clients. Okay. Um, okay. But I, um, I'm not running it as a, I'm not growing a business there, but I do have like coaches and I do have a team. Um, and we, you know, help women, um, kind of just get healthy and figure it out with working out at home and, um, with nutrition and it's fun. It's like a nice community. And then from there I started a podcast and it, originally it was called Next Stop Crazy Town. Mm -hmm. I told my kid again, I got where I was like, you know, I feel like I need more. I'm getting a little antsy in my life. Um, and I want to start contributing. My husband's always been the sole contributor. And it's not really fair now that I'm older and my kids are older that I don't do something. I would like to do something. So I was making a little bit of an income with the virtual health and fitness, but not what I would want. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me, let me look into podcasting and see. Also, I needed another creative outlet. And this is where I'm going to go back to the creative um, part. Create Like when you have a creative passion and you actually work it, you get into a point in your life where you're the happiest. And I know for myself and I know for my clients, it's the same thing. So when, and all of a sudden when people say, well, your creative passion, what does that mean? It's something, it could be a hobby. Mm -hmm. It could be something as simple as, you know what? I'm a really good gardener. I am, uh, I actually knit caps and I can have an Etsy store. I can make greeting cards and have an Etsy store. Exactly. I can create... I can create a podcast. I can make an online business. I can um, create a brick and mortar business. I love baking. All these different things that so people great. have. Absolutely, yes. And they don't realize they can actually make it into a career. And they can make it into a big career. They can make it into a smaller career. But they can make it, it a something where they can make income. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. So when I started my podcast, I started it as, because I told my husband and my kids... I'm going to start a podcast. And they said, oh, do you know how to do that? And I said, no, but I'm going to figure it out. And that's, that's right. the other thing is I teach my kids. Mm -hmm. If I have, if I can imagine mm -hmm. it, if you just have to put things first in the, that's like, I thought I was going to be an inventor because I always had these great products or great things. Um, but it didn't fuel me in the way this, where I am in my life right now. It does. And there's a reason for it, right? I didn't do it, but, but I always dabbled in it. I would have things like drawn and be like, okay, does this make sure I would get like a little bit samples from friends? Like, do would you buy this product if it was out there? And I kind of do market research. Um, and so, uh, but that never came to fruition. So I want my kids and that's much where it started. I'm going to start this. I don't know where it's going to go. But I'm going to do it because I have, I, I want to do it. And that's the day that I was like, you know what? I am creative. Mm -hmm. F, F that teacher that told me I wasn't creative. Like, right. I am creative. And 
it just comes in a different form. I love storytelling. So that's where your um, Next Up Crazy Town was born. And Next Up Crazy Town was personal journals. I did some interviews of just like people with like just women, mom, life stuff. And we would talk, but I would also do a lot of just single stories. So that's actually season one of my podcast, which is now called Your Next Stop with Julianne Hahn. And what I do is I interview people that have followed a passion and and, and made it into a career. And I have some awesome guests that are oh, really exciting. I know. I've, I've looked at the list. I've seen them. And you have an a, amazing array of people on your podcast. Absolutely Thanks. amazing. All your and social really- media is fantastic. Oh, thanks. And just really cool stories, right? Mm-hmm. And some people, they're like, they're, it's, it's, it's like a, it's not a huge career, but maybe it was a charity and they mm-hmm. made it out of tragedy and they made it into something, but it, they followed a passion. And when you live in your creative, passionate life is when you are like abundance things happen. It's just when you are feeling better, better. you're living healthier, you're sleeping better. You're doing all these things because you're tapping into this part of your brain. You're not sitting there stuck in life and just going through life like, oh yeah, it's okay. It's Monday. What do I do today? Same old, same old. No, you're creating something that actually can help someone. So that's where, so your next stop with Juliette Hahn, I just rebranded um, probably a month ago with that name. And so my my first season is is called um, Next Up Crazy Town. My yes. second season, yes. which is what I'm in, is Love What You Do. And that's what, you know, where I'm interviewing people right now. But from that, which is really cool. So I joined this app called Clubhouse. And I don't know if you've oh, heard of it. I was it other going than- to ask you, so I wanted to get into the Clubhouse because... I got invited to Clubhouse and, you know, I'm in there. I just don't have a lot of time to spend yeah. in there. Like I try to get in at least a couple of times a week just to listen in. But I see your name pop up all the time because I get oh, the thanks. notifications. I'm like, right. oh, there's Julia. I, I can't get in there. <laughs> so, well, you know, it's, the thing is I own, I host rooms two days a week. When I first got in there, I was in there more because I wanted to mm-hmm. learn because it's a lot of free, it is a lot. awesome Right. A lot of information you can get. And now they have a monetizing system where we will be able to like, you know, have people send us tips for like, you know, taking the time. So when I first did it, I was like, you know what? I'm one of one of the fewer, like, I think I got in that in December, December or February. So not even that long ago. You weren't in that long ago. And I just got in probably just two months ago. Yeah. So I, so my first weekend, I learned all about it. I soaked everything in and then I, um, was strategic. I was like, okay, I'm going to run. So I run some rooms in Club Pod, which is um, Podcast Magazine. Yes, I'm in Club uh, Pod. St- yes. Yep. Steve Ulsher is the, the head mm, of it. He right. asked a couple of us to run rooms for, you know, in his behalf. So I do that. But then I also do have two clubs of my own one called Your Next Stop and one called Next Up Crazy Town, which I haven't gotten regular rooms in yet because I'm still building that and still growing that and seeing where I want to put that. But when I first got into the app, I said, because my this year, I said, I always pick a word for my year. And this year it was unstoppable. And I was, and I said, I am going to be unstoppable with my podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it something. And I know when I say that, I'm going to make it something. And again, when I say I'm all or nothing, I was doing the virtual health and fitness coaching. I had more of my eggs in that basket and the podcast, I, you know, was doing it and I was having fun and I was doing it for more of like just a creative outlet. But then I realized I actually love this. And I'm going to make this into something. So I am going to be unstoppable. So I'm going to learn everything I can learn so I can make sure I do the right thing and make this podcast something. 
That's exactly what you're doing. Yes. Yep, exactly. So I went on to Club Pod and I was asking, I was in there, I was like, how do I make money in podcasting? How do I make money in podcasting? And time and time again, you would hear people, it's really difficult. You know, you can, but it's like, you know, these are the different steps you have to take, but you really should have a product that is going to make you the money. So I kept thinking, okay, well, I'm not going to do the fitness thing because I don't want that. Like, I don't want to be teaching one-on-one classes anymore. I used to do that. I don't want to do one-on-one fitness coaching anymore. That's not tapping into my... Like, I'm happy to do the group stuff, but um, I'm just not... That's just not doing it for me anymore. What can I do? What can I do? And as I kept interviewing people that are following a passion, I said, oh my gosh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to create an online course and I'm going to, it's, and this is before I had come up with your next stop. And that's where we changed the podcast name because that just made sense. It's like your next stop. Here's your next stop. That's the, that's the workshop's name. So it's called your next stop. And it basically helps the individual who is either stuck in life and doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. The person that maybe has a husband or a partner that is the breadwinner. And they are home and they think, who? Ca- no one cares what I have to say. No one wants to hear my book idea because they, you know, who am I? My husband's a, you know, a millionaire. That that woman that's feeling lost and lost her identity. Yes, because there's a she, lot. She, there's a lot of those people. And so I was like, or the, the person that is in a job. And at first it was targeted just at women. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring, because, you know, I have a husband and two boys. And so I, I love, you know, I'm, I'm not a feminist or anything like that. Yes, I, I would love to empower women as well. And I, the mom is close to my heart because I was there. I was that mom that felt lost for a, a hot second, but then I did something about it. And there's moms that feel lost that don't do anything about it. And I want to help those not get stuck. In, and, and, you know, I, I had a hot second of six months being like, holy crap, what's happening to me. But I took action and that's what I want to teach. And I know I can do it because I've done it with clients in health and fitness world, but I want to take them beyond because once you start taking... So powerful what you're doing. Thank you. So once you start tapping into that creative passion, everything else falls into place. Mm -hmm. You start taking care of yourself, help your health better. All these different things happen. And, you know, life is like, you know, there's the ups and downs, right? So you always are going to have these ups and downs. But when you can always go back to, okay, am I tapping into my passion again? Am I tapping into that creativeness that I love? Maybe you're an artist and you've just been doing it on the side, but you're like, why not put it up on an Etsy store and see who will buy it? Like, why not? Like, and they, well, who am I to do that? You know who you are? Someone might love your art and maybe will give you some money for it. So why not? Like, you know, so there's so many different things that I have. And so I created this online course. It is, will be out live in two weeks. Mark oh, wow. my word. Two more weeks. Oh, this is great that we're doing the podcast then because everything, I know. Isn't oh, that we funny? can put it out there. We could do some promos. We could do some ads on this. Oh, thanks. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So it's called, and so my, I have actually decided to do it in a, um, uh, a platform called Kajabi. And actually, my whole website will be there now. So I have a nextupcrazytown.com, which is where the podcast, you know, obviously the name is being changed, but that is there. But instead of having two different spaces, Kajabi, which my new domain is um, imjulietthan.com. That's where you can find me on my... That's your new one that's coming out. Okay. 
Yep. And that's my social. So like, yeah, I mean, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, I'm mm-hmm. Juliet Han, Twitter, Juliet Han. But yeah, uh, any- I'm on all your stuff. So I've seen it. And I've seen the changes because I knew you had Next Stop Crazy Town, but then you changed it to Your Next Stop. And, and now we're seeing some more changes coming in. Okay. Yep. And and the reason why I changed it to your next stop, because next stop Crazy Town is very dear to my heart. It basically is like my energy, my life, my family. Crazy Town is like a positive love. And I love that. Mm-hmm. But the podcast wasn't about that anymore. Right. It's so it didn't make changed. sense. Yeah. So it didn't make sense. So I wanted it to make sense to the person that's going and browsing like your next stop. What does that mean? Oh, she's interviewing people that have taken a leap of faith and done something that they love, you know, in life, passion or a hobby and made it into a career. And then your next stop, again, the workshop that just made sense for the name there. So my my domain is IamJulietHan.com. That's also my Instagram where they can find me. And my... Um, and so that's where that all comes out. So it all kind of just made sense. And I love that. But I am going to be able to teach people, okay, this is how you can start your own podcast, you know, top line, this is what you do. But I can also teach them this is how you do an online course. Or if you don't want to do an online course that way, you can do a webinar with your course, you put it into a PDF, like there's so many different things I can teach people to do. It's not just about those two things. It's also, um, again, I can teach the person I've always wanted to write a book. How do I get there? What do I need to do? I have everything laid out. So it's all done in modules. It's going to be tapping into like how you want the world to perceive you. How do you perceive yourself? Like you're going to get into a little bit of some deep thinking, but then I'm going to take you through steps to find your ideal customer, your ideal target and and do all that thing with the workshop. So I am like so beyond excited. I also, which um, I can't talk about too many details, but I'm in the, I pitched it to a nonprofit that actually has a, um, they have an arm that they want to do a coaching part of it. And they're going to use my workshop. And we actually are just um, partnering with a pretty big entity that has, and I'm not going to say it, but they have uh, a whole section that is the wives of, but I'm not going to say what that is because we're just in the beginning pitches. That's huge. I'm not even going to ask if we get, I know we're not going to let that information out. Yeah, I'll tell you after. So I've literally this week, this is why my, if you saw my my social media post this Mm -hmm. week is so crazy because we are like laying all that out, but that's basically going to help that group of women, but we're going to be doing some live events with that. So we're going to be, so I'm going to be on stage that's doing, exciting. you know, motivationally oh speaking oh and, um, gosh. yeah. Julia, and then so and also exciting. offering, thank you. And yeah, I'm really, really excited. And then offering my, my course, which is just going to help people just be better. And that's wow. what I want. I just want people to be happy in their life and know to that they go. have choices and not be stuck, right? Not be stuck. You don't, everyone has one life. You don't have to sit in what you have you do have options, even though you think you don't, you really do. And my course is going to be very affordable. It's going to be $197. So it's going to be very affordable, affordable. to a lot of different yeah. price points. Um, and I did that on purpose because there was a lot of people that are like, you need to have it more. You need to have it more. My coaching is a lot more expensive, right? My group coaching, my one-on-one coaching. But what I wanted to do is I wanted this workshop to be affordable to everyone. And that's why I made it at that, at that point. Wow. That is so amazing and fantastic. I'm so happy. Thank you. I'm so happy that I even found you. And I, you know, I'm like discovered this woman who's like, she's got this really cool podcast, but just she's more about the podcast. And I need to dig in a little bit more. And well, here Martha, we are. thank We've you. Got Juliet on, who's got this just fantastic life 
who is just making huge changes in so many other people's lives. And that's what it's about, is just helping other people, giving it them is. giving them tools to help them be successful. And, and that's yeah. you're empowering people, empowering women, even men. I mean, it's it's just amazing what you're doing. I I give you a high five. Super empowering, Juliet. That's who you are. Thank you, thank you. And Martha, you know, and I just appreciate you reaching out and having me on your podcast and sharing my story yes. with your listeners because that's what I, you know, I, I I love that us women podcasters. Yes. Um. There's not a ton of us, and you no, know, there's um, not. right, right. Right. And, and, you know, a lot of uh, people, and this is what I, I say to anyone that wants to start a podcast, mm-hmm. you have to go in with the attitude that I am not going to stop because a lot of people will do two or three episodes and then they're like, oh, this is a lot of work. And it yeah, is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And they can't stop because, you know, when I started out, I did my first podcast. It was like a minute long. I didn't know what I was doing. Just like you said, you didn't know what you're doing, but you yeah. do a lot of research and you look into it. Every You're going to have learning curves. I have a hundred some episodes now and you just keep going and you learn that, you know, this is out there for people to, to help them. You know, if you, if you reach one person, they help that one person, that person goes to continue to help other people. So you've done your job. That's the idea behind, you know, my show and your show is really, I mean, it's just amazing, amazing journey that we both have. And as women podcasters coming together to help each other. And I can't wait to put your show out there because all your audience will get to hear who you are and hear this conversation. Like you're going to hear who Juliet is. That's why I want people to talk about themselves and everything they do because there's so much to that person's life. And you right. Which have an incredible life. Thank you. Thank you. And then, you know, it's, it doesn't come and that's what, you know, it doesn't come with, without hard work. Right. Have, it comes with extremely you, hard work. You, and you have to, um, but if you love what you're doing, it doesn't seem like it's hard work, right. right? And that's what I always say to people. If you, it's hard work, but it's it's all worth it if it's something that you are really passionate about. You've got to be passionate about it. And that's what you're, you're passionate about what you do. I'm passionate what I love to do. And that's why it works. And you continue to keep going with it because you just don't know where it's going to lead. You really don't. I mean, look at Clubhouse, right. how that's opened up doors. And I've heard that story by many people. It has opened yeah. up doors, amazing doors throughout the world. All the people that it, are out there. It really has. I mean, that's where I found a lot of my guests, which has been really cool. Um, but it's just a lot of information. And that's, it's, you know, it's great. So it Marcia, great. M- Martha, Martha, <laughs> I said Marsha, Martha, I'd be pleased to put that out. Martha, um, uh, I just, I really appreciate it. And thank you for, you know, allowing me to come on here and share my story. You're and that's, I, I, I love that. I love that you are putting that out there to get other people's stories out. So well, thank you for being I appreciate on you. County. We really appreciate your time, everything, all the stories and, you know, giving us some laughs, giving us inspiration and, you know, motivational Monday here. We've got Juliet here telling the story. So I can't wait to get it out there. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. And have an awesome week. You too. Have an awesome week. We'll be talking soon. Take care of yourself, Juliet. All right. Take care. Take Bye. Care. Bye-bye. Everyone, that was Juliet Hahn from Your Next Stop, which originally was Next Stop Crazy Town. She is one amazing, inspirational, and motivational woman. And you need to just take your time, follow her, listen to her, 
check everything out on all her social media links that will be there. Make sure that you subscribe, like, not just your next stop, but also Bucks County Bikes because we are out there trying to support all those individuals, all those businesses, everyone that needs some kind of help to be seen, to be heard. We are there for that person, for that business. We are there to help support anyone that needs it. And believe me, the world is listening. I am so happy to be part of this journey into the podcast world and beyond. Things happen in amazing ways. I can't even explain it to you. That power of, you know, that power of positivity, that law of attraction, it is really like a super energy that we all have. We all have it and it's like a gift. So you just need to enjoy this moment and just absorb it because that energy attracts more positivity, more love and compassion. And, you know, Juliet, she has this love and compassion. She's helping others and that's drawing those people into her and she's helping them. And in return, she's being gifted so many things in her life. She has a beautiful family. She has a beautiful podcast, her husband, her life. That is such a powerful, powerful person right there. So make sure you bring Juliet Hahn into your life. Listen, like, subscribe, get in there and interact with her. Do some engagement. Make sure that you always, always kind to everyone that you meet and it just don't know what it's going to do. You don't know what that little bit of kindness and love that you give to others, how it's going to return to you. So everyone out in Bucks and beyond, everyone in the world, have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic week. I have three podcasts to get edited, mixed, and get them out there this week because I have to leave on Friday and I need to get my work done. So I have to sign off. This is Bucks County Bites. We are over and out.